Hey everybody, welcome back to the Short Free Games pod, Short Free Games Talk podcast. We made it too long. Episode number 13. I'm your host, Chrissy. And I'm your co-host, Clyde. It's been a long time. How, how long has it been? If I was to estimate, and I'm not good at estimating the passing of time, I'd say it's been three months. What would you say? I'm going... I'm going longer. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six months. Okay, that's so wrong. We'll we'll have to look it up at the end. Uh, as part of a, I wonder how. What do you call those things? Like jelly bean contest? Yeah, like like one of those. Guessing so, game. Guessing games. So yeah, we have a lot of games to talk about that are short and free. And the thing I'm excited about with this podcast, I think, is more that. During this span of time, I found out about some genres of games that I didn't know existed, which I don't know why is so exciting since I'm not like gonna play them, but just knowing that they even exist hmm. is is uh, pretty exciting for me. How does that? Ch- I wonder how that changes things for you. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it's because I spend so much time cataloging uh, in my other uh, hobbies that. Just even having ways. The action itself. Yeah, or even having ways to categorize these games is helpful for me. Did I, did I, was it me that said that these genres exist or is it something that you gleaned from just going to the, uh, the pages for the games? I think it's because you told me about these games in this way that I assume that they are genres. So, so I'll start at the end that I'm trying to get to, and then we can back up to this, which is Clyde made a game called Leaving Ur. That's correct. And in this game, you have a lot of influences from some other games that you played. That's correct. Which is interesting now that we're talking about it, because the games we're going to talk about in the second half of the podcast is a game and then a game from the influences of the first one is just in a, a far more direct way. Yeah, yeah, but you know, in a way, this is kind of similar. And this will—I'll use this in my argument later. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, do you want to talk about any part of your game before we back up and talk about the influences for your game? Um, uh, the Unity project name is Simple Scroller, as in. Uh, when I started the project, I had to name it something so it'll be different than the other files. Okay. And I didn't really have a vision. Yeah. So I named it Simple Scroller. Okay. Uh, and the the basic idea was that I wanted to do something similar to um, uh, Bull Bull's Industrial District. So I guess we can start there. Okay. So I'm not really sure what to call this genre of kind of just walking in an environment like it's different than a walking game it doesn't feel like what's that jake clover game or you know what i'm talking about or like the running through the woods game or any of those other walking are you talking about games. games that are like first person perspective in the 3d world or i'm talking about games where you're just walking through an environment okay this feels different than that i wonder if it's because because it's the side scroller mm-hmm. part of it mm-hmm and there's nothing really to do mm-hmm. other than just walk you in can't the even environment. Jump. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting. I'm not really sure how to classify this game. Hmm. So tell us about it. Um, Industrial District. 
Uh, it looks like, I think, maybe it was a previous version, but I, was, I seem to remember seeing that there were the actual Google Street View watermarks on it before. Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't remember seeing it when we just we just played it. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember seeing that, but basically it, it appears, it actually reminds me of, um, you know, when I, I spent a large quantity of time without a car and enjoyed it. That was part of my identity, not having a car. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would walk to work and all this and, you know, walk to the grocery store and stuff. And I'd pick up a lot of details that other people were too focused on safety because they're driving a giant machine to be able to notice. And, you know, things like litter, you'd notice like a piece of litter might be there one week and then like it eventually it blows away and that type of thing. Graffiti is a really good example. Yeah. Like there's an entire layer of graffiti in in not just like hyper urban areas, but also in uh, smaller towns. Uh, but there's also a quality that I really like about Bulls game where it seems like some of the industry is um, no longer existent, uh, but the... Uh, the remains of the, the actual company or the... Yeah. The... So in this game, it's a three or two D side scroller, mm -hmm. and all of the images are photographs, right? Of realistic photographs of environments, but you are a drawing yeah. of a person, an animated drawing of a person, black and white, like mm -hmm. paper drawn on paper, walking on a sidewalk through it at a fairly slow speed. Right, and pretty much you can only go in one direction most of the time. And it, I think it's also important to mention that um, it's the type of side-scroller where you reach a point uh, and the the picture suddenly changes. It's not like yeah. it's not like there's this one roll of picture that is constantly going by. The, the picture in the background is static. It doesn't move. And you can see the seam when you're walking towards it, which I would have never have noticed... Had I had it not been such an important aspect of your game, what do you mean? The what seams. You, the seam. Oh, the seams. Yeah, seeing the seams makes such a big difference to me now. Yeah. Of knowing where everything is going to switch, but when I was looking at it, I was like, "This is so typical of so many places I've been to." You know, you're you're just kind of walking around in a semi-industrial kind of town, and it's kind of dirty, and you're in the city or ish, and you're walking through it so. and, and there's a bunch of litter like graffiti and it's not just like litter litter it's not just like potato bag chips it's also like a tire a fridge door you know i mean not not particularly potato in this game. chip bags what did i say potato bag chips i've been sitting here the whole time thinking that sounded weird well that's what i meant sorry sorry i was so confused <laughs> go ahead uh sorry no you're fine um but yeah like a like a a shopping cart is a classic example. Like, I don't even think those are in the bull game, but, like, that type of litter, that type of um, detritus, uh, I think really sets a particular mood. O almost like, almost like there, there's a group of people that owns that no man's land at a certain age. Well, you know, it's kind of like the... You're a teenager and yeah. you're outside all the time because you don't want to be at home. And, and this is like your parking lot that you hang out in. Yeah, and you, you stole the shopping cart from a store or something and you guys rode around in it for a little while. Yeah. And then someone got hurt 
and you left it there and it's kind of broken, but no one's going to pick it up. Cause like when you're a teenager, you think that everyone's going to basically take care of everything that you yeah. leave around <laughs> and then no one takes care of it for like 15 years. And you notice that there's this shopping cart in the fucking ditch for like the rest of your life. And that's you can like, be nostalgic about it. Yeah, it's like there's an artifact to the to the memory, to the experience. Uh, and it's placed in a geographic space simply because no one has gone to the effort to remove it. When we were playing this game, you kept pointing out, like, if this was a drawn game, this wouldn't be here and this wouldn't be here. So since it was there, how does it affect your experience in the game different than if it was a drawn background where you get to see what the artist chose. Very much what I just said, actually. That that sense of a history based off of objects being placed and not being removed and never really being placed in an intentional manner. So when you're walking through this game, you're the character that is walking through this game, are you building up fake histories about what you see in the environment or are you just sort of I'm, having the experience of walking in an environment that has all that stuff in it like you would normally do but you don't really know like what is attached to them but it it's that case it i i don't i'm not walking through i'm not walking through imagining that they that the protagonist had a personal attachment to any of the things that they are seeing or walking past um um it's more of this uh this general sense of that's the reason that all of these things are here is because people have been inhabiting the area and they've been participating in different things, whether that be not wanting to pay for disposing of their trash or building a power line in order to go to a factory, like just all sorts of decisions are physically manifested in the tools that allow them to reach their goals. Okay. Um, I think we're going to have to pause this and feed the cats because you're making I already, noise. I already fed them, but that oh. one's, you know how she is. Oh, well then if we already fed okay. them, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> so how, what is it, what happened when you played this game that you said, I want this to influence my future game? Like, what was it? A large amount of it is the simp simplicity and the um, accessibility of the production. Uh, the idea of, the idea that I could just go on a walk, which like, Again, walking is a big part of my identity. I don't really do it anymore, but for formative years, um, I was walking a lot, like everywhere I went, and I thought of myself as like a walker. And uh, so the idea of just, I could pick up a camera, go on one of my walks, not necessarily a walk I have now, but walk I've had in other places I've lived, and just take photos. You know, this, it actually reminds me of the... um. David, uh... I was just thinking about that with the power line. Yeah, I didn't even think about that yeah, until now. Yeah, I was thinking about it right then. Yeah. But it reminds me of the uh, David Grinzowski uh, game. Um, a flick game. Yeah, I forgot what it's called, but... A Night at the Bar, I think, or... Maybe. Walk from the Bar. But, uh, uh, it's this idea... But in that game, in that case... They drew it. Yeah, they went to the effort of actually drawing it. But they took a photo. I think, didn't mm -hmm. he yeah. say they took a photo? And, and then, then traced them or something? Yeah. So I, it I is so. kind of true to the environment. It, it is true to the environment. But again, like, uh, Industrial District has a, an amount of accessibility about it where it's like, you don't really have to do that much to make a game. Right. And, 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 that, and that, but yet it's so evocative for me. So the combination of the 
perceptive low amount of effort, even though like there's all sorts of, you have to get to the place where you're making it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then how evocative it is for me, I, I'm my reaction is like, wow, I'd really like to make one of these. But, you know, this is like a year ago I played that. Oh, really? Yeah. I can identify with this because that's how I felt when I first got into collage. Because mm -hmm. I, I wasn't very uh, skilled at drawing things that I wanted to draw. So it seemed like such an accessible way of making the thing that I wanted without having to know how to draw. So it is it is sort of it's, making it the same way. It, it, it's strange to me how even though even though the effort is realistically really similar, yeah, uh, we have these ideas of what effort is, yeah. and so it's like we—it's almost like we're tricking ourselves into into making something, right? Like right. We, we just got to get over our like we we our define personal... our yeah we define our obstacle as the reason we don't do this thing, and then whenever we find a solution to that obstacle, it's like oh well, I'm just gonna make one then yeah hey, but it does it. It is nice to know that there is like a workaround that you can do the thing that you're interested in. Like, if I was going to make a game, I would get really overwhelmed with art assets really fast. Yeah. So it does kind of put into perspective that it's it's just a matter of you can just take photos and put them. That's pretty nice. So so you did that in Leaving Ur. Yeah. With... Uh, um... The New York Public Library has a bunch of public domain images. So I started looking through them just randomly and uh, found myself... Uh, Chrissy's, Chrissy's got to spray the cat with water so she stops uh, all so yeah. sad. Um, uh, I started looking through the public domain uh, photos randomly and found some basically some characters that look kind of cool and alchemically like drawn like drawn in a way that reminds me of alchemical ma manuscripts why that instead of just taking photographs photographs i don't like photographs as much as i like drawings because drawings um, are a lot more um loose they're less explicit this is interesting because you just went through that thing about how you can't fake the things in the photograph mm -hmm. well when it comes to people particularly i think i'm a lot more affected by it like the idea of using a photograph of a person this is a, there's that's a lot of baggage yeah uh, true. whereas a drawing of one is like sure whatever i don't care <laughs> so so i found some photos and then uh uh i was like oh it, i i can't remember the exact order but i was like oh it kind of reminds me of um i i could make them sing you know, kind of deal. Oh, since there's, since one of the public, since I found in the public domain, a um, song that is religious, I'm going to put some churches in now, you know, and it, it kind of like it fed itself as, as I was finding more and more material that's um, acceptable. Uh, it inaccessible. Was inaccessible. I, it was kind of like um, becoming more and more specific as it went along. Yeah. And then I was and then with, with whatever I ended up having, I tried to maintain a consistency and coherency with it. Yeah, because when you go to one side, you kind of get an idea like I'm in the city and now I'm kind of in the in the woods mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm having or you can go the other way and now you're in a church. And yeah, 
So it does follow a pattern. The the reason that the reason that um the uh the uh, last image on the right is a narthex, which is like a part of a church, mm-hmm. is um because w- we it's like that um that cathedral uh masonry kind of um I I don't know if people know that it, that exists. The, the sacred geometry uh okay so backstory real fast we'll we'll make this really fast we watched this really great documentary about this cathedral and we found out that they used to do make cathedrals in ratios in ratios rather than with standard measurements and they were based off of the human body they Mm -hmm. had like the same proportions and and celestial movements yeah yeah and and so everything in the cathedral was represented as being a ratio similar to the sun's ratio to the moon or the ratio of the head to the to the rest of the body that that type of thing Rather than being like two inches or three inches, right, right, randomized. So, uh, and the idea that that was that was you know very highly developed, um, and passionately done so, right, uh, to create cathedrals were meant to basically create a a a a, uh, a portal uh, for heaven to basically come to earth. So, um, that's like a that's like a I really enjoy that idea because it's because of its exactness. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, it's not that it's in opposition to um, the more capitalist uh, uh, ideology we have now, which is basically uh, we we manufacture things in order to have production of consumer goods. Okay. Uh, in that, but in the, it's not that it's in opposition to that. It's that the cathedral. The idea of bringing a bringing something better to the drudgery of life as we exist in it is such a simplistic. It, it feels like a more simplistic example of that to me, and I, I like the idea of it just being like this pure like light art height thing with cathedrals. So you like the symbology of it and not the reality of it, is what you're trying to evoke with that. I don't understand what you mean, but I want to know what you mean. Well, you know, I I don't think of <laughs> the reality of going to a cathedral and being religious uh, as bringing positiveness to the drudgery. Well, I think of it as the opposite. It it causes oh, more. Oh, in, in the reality of it, I see yeah. what you're saying. So yeah, uh, okay, yeah, uh, I I'm de- I'm definitely tapping more into what their intent right. was rather than the the reality. So, so do you remember what the beginning of this is? Why you put that piece, that specific piece of the... Oh, because I wanted that to be um, the, uh, kind of like a, an, a, an apex, a, a apex, a, uh, a, a far end of the spectrum of basically um, man-made creation, which is intended for a purpose okay. uh and then on the other side of the spectrum it it's supposed to go towards um a more uh nature Natural. yeah like a, a a wilderness okay is, is basically how i thought of it okay so that in in your game is similar to that game or inspired by that game by having the in, in, realistic it's inspired by format 
by format, and you're a walking person through mm -hmm. the environment. So another game that this your game was inspired by is called Reconciliation Soup by... Here's the problem with us pronouncing names. Number one, <laughs> we're terrible at it. Number two, it's impossible to know like where the syllables are in a word that you don't recognize. So, I mean, there's like no options. So Maybe you should spell it. R-A-C-A-R-A-T-E. Racarate is my guess. Or Racarate. Racarate. I kind of like Racarate because it's like, like Recreate. Recreate? Ah. Uh. I don't know, though. Racarate. Okay. That person made a game called Reconciliation Soup, which is, uh, I am really interested in this game because of it is a genre that I just found out existed also. And that is, and, and for some reason, you, you're, you seem to really enjoy this genre, which is you, you have a time limit, let's say a minute, before the game is over. And then it it's kind of like you have a goal to accomplish during that time. But you have no idea what that goal you, is at yeah. first. So at first you get nowhere because you don't even know what's going on and you're trying to figure it out. And you kind of get a hint of what you're supposed to do. So then the minute starts again and then you get a little bit further. And then you get a better idea of what the game happens. And then the minute starts again. But you're still at the restart. Let's say in this game... And you didn't really fuck up for the game to end. Right. That, that, that's important. Right. It just You just have a minute. So let's say you have to get through like 10 rooms. So in one minute, you're going to figure out how to get to the next room. So you're already going to know that when the next when the time restarts. So in the next minute, you're going to get to that room immediately. And then you're going to try and figure out how to get to the next room during that minute. And then it, it kind of builds on itself to kind of see how far you can actually get in the minute. Even though... That's all you're going to have. There's really going to be a limit to how far you can get since the time is limited. Oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But as, I think there's a faith, there's an assumption that you it is possible to do everything that is necessary in, in, in the time. objective of the game, yeah, in that time. But I really enjoyed that in I Have Five Hats game. A Minute to Live or mm -hmm. something. I can't remember the name. I think that was it, though. I think that's it. And Death Comes and is like, you got a minute to live. Mm -hmm. Do your stuff. And it's, then, very, it's very similar. And you do your stuff. And then you want to play it again and see what happens when... But see, it's different because there's not that many options. Mm -hmm. You're not going to replay it more than twice or three times. Whereas this, you're going to play it... Well, the I Have Five Hat game is largely based off of like narrative humor. Yeah. Really. Whereas this game is more like a... Mechanical like a, puzzle. That's correct, yeah. yeah. It, it, you don't understand what you can do it un, until... I mean, like, it took me a long time uh, to figure out what the abilities you get actually do. Like, some of them I, I was able to figure out what they were doing immediately. Other ones I was using and could not figure out what they were even doing. Uh, so the game is meant to be played over and over again... Mm -hmm. As an entire game. And and there's like a quarter of the screen dedicated to a, a visual clock. counter. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's really interesting to me because I don't think of it as playing it over again. I think of it as continuing the game because it you it is continuing the game. But it still game. feels cyclic, right? Yeah, it does. Cyclic. And you're still trying to, because you'll restart. So it is cyclic. Cyclic. 
cyclic. Cyclic? We are not. Cyclic. We're readers. We're not talkers. I'm going with cyclic. Let's get real. I'm okay. going with C Y L I C. Cyclic. Like a bicycle? Cyclic. Like a... I'm going silic. You're going silic? Oh. That's Cyclictic. P-S-Y. Silic. So, how were. How was your game influenced by this mechanic? Um, I like the idea of limiting player expectations with a um, visual clock that is going to determine the end of the session. Uh, and the reason I like that is because a lot of the, with hobbyist games, with a lot of small games, especially like... Oh, yeah, you're like, how long am I here for? Yeah, you, you just don't know what's expected of you, and that can be kind of... Not even intimidating, but like a inconvenient, yeah. like overwhelming. Yeah. Um, you, for instance, like especially in cases where you're using kind of mm, more glitchy kind of uh, uh, presentation. There's this sense of like I don't I don't know whether or not I just broke the game in such a way that. I'm going to be stuck here for a long period of time oh, or yeah. not. So the idea of like introducing um, a visual clock that a player can reference and be like, okay, okay, the game is still going. Like, and, and I know once it gets to this one point it's that it'll be eat. over. So I can just basically suffer through whatever it is I think is happening. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So you spend a lot of time thinking about your, or trying to figure out a clock. Because we went to an art exhibit. Yes. Uh, let's see if we can remember his name. Oh, man. It was so amazing. It was all of this computer art that was based off of cycles. I'm, and... I'm going John Simon Jr. What? What do you think their name was? I have no clue. I don't even pretend to know. But I don't know if that was. I'll look it up on my phone. Uh, oh, here. I'll look it up on your phone while you describe what that art's like. Okay, so imagine a small computer screen, like very small, like your phone size, if you have the size of a smartphone like mine, but two of those. And on one of them, it'll be, it's almost like, what's that person that you made the game based off of their art? Uh, you know, where More? It's, yeah, it's almost like that. But imagine like a squiggle that moves around in a pattern on on one corner of it. And then on another corner, you'll have like circles moving in a pattern. I mean, there's a, I can't, I'm doing a terrible job. Okay, well, I can say John F. Simon Jr. is the name of the artist. Wow, you were so close. Yeah, look it up because I'm not even close to being able to talk about it. Um, but we saw a clock. It, it they're they're basically digital art pieces made with like uh screens of computers and they're proceed I wasn't listening I was looking oh. it up and uh they're procedurally generated um uh some of them focus on the idea of like uh this will take years to complete whereas others are just uh there's a lot of division of the canvas space mm -hmm. um in different processes happening in them so it creates this um this sense that there are distinct Multiple. it's almost like you're you're looking at 
a bunch of buildings during a work day and watching like yeah. the little people or ants, windows yeah, yeah go on their patterns mm -hmm. so in in i think two of them in two of the pieces we saw uh there was a clock that was basically concentric circles uh when one circle would complete a cycle uh the next circle would move one segment and so on so it was this i really like this idea for a clock yeah uh because it's you basically get an idea of like how their the ratio of movement works between them just by watching one cycle and you can make a lot of assumptions on oh okay wow that's a third of the way and it's on the most outside so that's taken a long time for that to happen um but i mean this is far more simplistic this is just a moon cycle yeah and it was largely because i came across it in the public domain ah and and i was like oh, okay this is perfect for my clock for some reason nope it's some sort of ancient manuscript oh interesting okay so then there's another game that really really kind of i guess those were the visual aspect inspirations the, and this one is the mechanical aspect inspiration this is this is this is the one that holds the essence that i wanted to be able to communicate to other people i see and this one is called super go down the hole by sergio and this game is a platformer where you're kind of in a house and then you kind of jump out and go find this spiky hat and then you go back and you spiky hat and then you have to like jump down the hole uh there's nowhere else to go and then while you're down there, it's kind of a platformer where you're dodging things and you go all the way to the kind of the side of the map and there is somebody there that you set free. And they look identical to you. And they take off running and you follow them and they go back up. Which is a great narrative oh, tool. Oh, but uh, in this in this game, you after the spiky hat, you get a sticky hand so you can climb up walls mm -hmm. so you go back you follow yourself back to the house and the game ends so clyde played this game for a game club and spent a lot of time playing it mm -hmm. and you found that when you were jumping in between i accidentally so it's similar to it's got moments where it's scrolling the the, the layout behind you the background mm -hmm. but then it'll come to points where it it stops scrolling and you basically flip to an to another background so you're exiting the right side of the screen and coming in on the left mm. and again that's a really big distinction in scrolling in, in side scrollers so um uh i was just like because i was just playing it so much i was you know um just kind of dancing a bit and uh uh, ended up jumping out of the collision, the 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 collider so area. So imagine you have the actual platform, and above you there's some bricks. Forming it's like a you're wall. going through a tunnel. Yeah, and then when you jump up right at the scroll, you get into the bricks, into the ceiling, but they just have a border. So now you're in this black area inside the border of the ceiling. It's Visually, it looks like negative space, Yeah. but it's acting like another area, another room. So and you got really excited. Yeah, I got excited and wanted to explore it as far as I possibly could because it's like, ooh, I'm not supposed to be able to do this. 
And Clyde loves things he's not supposed to be able to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I was jumping around and like basically finding all of these different areas I could access and thinking like, I wonder how many areas I can access. And Super Go Down the Hole is really fascinating because it's really counterintuitive in a way. Like it, it gives you, once you start... Um, finding the glitches and exploring them in Super Go Down the Hole, you discover that there is a logic to how that game is put together mm. that is completely separate than the Euclidean space that you would imagine that the game is in. The, the, Give an example. Um, so if you, if you walk like um, 500 feet to the right... And then you jump out of the tunnel, so you're in the negative space. And then you, I don't remember the exact, but let's suppose you ju just jump off of a cliff there. You might end up um, 400 feet to the left and 400 feet above where you just were. Mm. So the game kind of ends up resetting your spot in a strange place and it kind of makes you want to be like okay why is it putting me here oh. and a really another example the place i ended up spending the most time was to the right of the house there's this glitchy screen and i would fall in different areas of that screen and end up in different places and i i was really interested in that so i was i actually spent the time falling in every potential part of the grid in order to see which ones would take me to different places. And I love that concept. Just, it was so exciting to explore that. It was just so Because you much didn't fun. know what was going to happen when you did. I mean, how is it different than if, if it was like an organized, would it, would it be different? I don't think it would be different except for that, um, because there you was had no... the expectation that there would be something in one of those holes because nobody would mm -hmm. make them without there being something intentionally. Yeah. Maybe they would, but... Yeah, I mean, th that that's part of it. It's like, I would be, to be honest, it would be just as exciting to discover. If someone said, if someone intentionally made a, a different sequence or room for every possible place you could fall in that glitchy room... Mm -hmm. Then I would be fascinated by it, and I would want to explore the entire thing, and I would be excited about it. And if they didn't make anything, you you were still excited by it. To yeah, see. just because just because there was I had already witnessed so many inconsistencies with how I, how the gravity actually did work mm -hmm. that I kind of wanted to poke at it more just to find out what the logic was behind it. Though I can't really say I did. I I, I did grow a familiarity with this world in itself so at one point you even beat the person back yeah that was that became that became a goal yeah 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 so you develop a new game or... I, I i've once i discovered the glitch the glitchiness and put poked at the glitchiness enough to discover that there was more glitchiness and you could do things that were completely unintended uh i really liked the idea of um doing something that i knew would be unintended because it was in direct opposition to the narrative of the game. Okay. So 
So why do you think you were following yourself back to the house? Do you have? You mean any, in the original? Yeah. Room? Do you have an interpretation? Well, uh, when you when you're going through, you see, um, basically, you see a a doll, uh, be dipped into that red stuff. Okay. And then it becomes exactly like you, and it's dipped by a crane. So it seems to be some sort of manufacturing process. Okay. And then you rescue. Uh, you oh, know, which may be the thing that made the model for the. Oh, that's an interesting interpretation if that it was I did locked not. Up. That I did not consider. Um, but I, I just, I see it as being, uh, you know, as a protagonist, you're, you're empathizing with this process, with the subjects of this process. Mm. And uh, a, I almost thought of it as, was it Slaughterhouse-Five? What was the one where um, the dude's on Mars? Oh. Uh, and he writes down in the book uh, the things to believe and the things not to believe. I don't remember. Uh, but there's some Vonnegut book where it's kind of like this person is stu- stuck in this um, amnesiac cycle. Oh, that's uh, that's Sirens of Titan because he const- he's constantly getting his memory erased. Um, and I got the same sense of it from here. It was like, here's, here is someone who is stuck in this uh, prison of ignorance. Um, and they're seeing someone who is knows a little bit more than themselves. Uh, so you kind of want to treat them as a mentor of a sort to find out what they know to fill your own confusion. That's how I saw it. That's how you saw it. It's interesting. But uh, yeah. But with, okay. with Super Good on the whole, I basically had an experience of discovering a glitch, poking at it, finding out that I was capable of doing really interesting things in the game and just that game became a um, closed in playground that I could, I just wanted to fully understand. Like I wanted to do everything I possibly could in this small space to just become incredibly uh, familiar with it. And that tied into the, uh, reconciliation soup game which that's the actual objective of reconciliation soup is to basically explore this glitchy kind of mechanic and um push it to its limits so that you can basically see as much as there is to see and so i found that i found myself doing that in a game where it wasn't necessarily intended but it gave me the same effect and i wanted to be able to basically create a small scope space that had and this is this is after the the simple scroller um right objective after i had after i had been making the um the game similar to bull's game uh i now wanted to do something more i liked the idea of using that small scope of space in order to create a place that a player would be encouraged to explore the inconsistencies of in order to become very familiar with it. So that means I need to make things that the player can discover. Right. But and it's hard too because A, you're dealing with these kind of games, these free games, where there's a lot of games like Bulls games, where not a lot, but where you walk through an environment and that's the game. So you don't even know 
Unless you're... Oh, you mean with leaving Ur, you just assume it's... Right. Being... Yeah, unless you're, like, touching everything. Unless you're in the mindset of exploring. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to use the controller in that game. Mm-hmm. You'll just go with the people, you know? It, oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and a lot of people had that reaction in their first playthrough. They just allowed it to happen. And it's interesting, after I played your game and then you had me play Sergio's game... That when I played the industrial district game tonight and I saw like the layer underneath where the photo started, it it's hard not to want to try and get to places that you see are different than the regular places. You think yeah. that there's like a method to it now. Yeah, step outside of the illusion. <laughs> so you decided to make a glitch game where you can, if you look for inconsistencies, you can find new things yeah new new logics that seem like they are strange and suggestive uh especially when mixed with the narrative uh with especially when mixed with this the symbols that are implied with the assets yeah and i don't want to give i mean you know we spoil alert everything on this podcast but i don't want to spoiler alert everything in your game but an example of that that is a big example is the jumping I'm totally okay with you saying anything about the game. By oh, the way. yeah. That's there's the jumping because you're I mean it's like a regular jump, you know, it's kind of got the sound to it and then and then you're like making noise in a recording as it's happening. And then and then uh singing. It's called singing. <laughs> is that what you're doing cuz it's like chair. That's not singing. That's saying a word. It's a it's a musical phrase. <laughs> And so I would have never known that you could get above the the environment that you start in if I hadn't watched you making the game. That was like the only way I would have ever figured it out. So it was killing me when other people were playing your game, not to tell everybody, because it's like there's more up above it, it seems like, than there is. I, I, I want to say my one regret about this game, and it's not really a regret, so much as a, a lesson learned that I'm really gonna that really got nailed down for me. Uh, so I I knew that I was going to end up with bugs, mm. and I wanted to focus on those bugs rather than erase them when I found them. Okay, that goes with your theme, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's what happened. <laughs> I basically found the weird jumping thing that happens, mm-hmm. and. I was like, oh, well, I'm definitely keeping that. Well, what happened was, as soon as I said, I'm definitely keeping that, and I didn't really understand why it was happening. Oh, then you can mess it up by something else happening? I couldn't I couldn't develop oh. the movement anymore. I didn't want to touch it. I see. And so what I've found is that I need to absolutely focus on the movement mechanic and finish the movement mechanic before I do anything else. Because what happened was, once I found out that, like, you can basically make yourself fly upwards, um, uh, I started arranging objects in the scene intended to be seen when that happens. And to change the movement mechanic at that point would completely negate all of the arrangement uh, I had reasonable. made. So. But it's so hard. Like, I watched you do it while you were making the game. So I was trying to jump up there by jumping. And then you're like, you know, after you watch me struggle for so long, I just hold down the space button. Like, it's so frustrating. But that's just one, I guess, another aspect of figuring out 
things? Because it doesn't seem like you can really figure that out. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of it is just personal uh, habits and games. Yeah, I don't either. But I do like that it's in the seam because it is, it is so... It's interesting how you kind of developed it the same way it happened to you. Yeah, that was that was a big part of the intent, was to make it similar to my experience of discovering Sergio's game, but at the same, but at the same time, make it easier for people to get into, make it easier for people to have an experience that made them want to poke at it more. Mm. Yeah, and for me, one of the more exciting things that happened to me was landing on that thing on the bottom for the first time because I give up really easy. Like, oh, I'm not going to etch a sketch forever. I'm going to restart. So, and I didn't know about that from watching you. See, that's what the clock is supposed to do is make it, make you say, oh, well, I'm falling through space indefinitely, but it's going to end. So I'll just sit Yeah, here. well, from watching you make that game, I didn't know the clock uh, said that the it was the end of the game. I thought I was just going to have to restart it. Sure. It, the, yeah, there's nothing telling me that that's what's going to happen once I'm in, like, falling land. I just think I got to restart. Yeah, so if that happens to you before the <laughs> game starts, stops itself, you have no idea. You just think you're going to be falling forever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really want to give away things from the game. Okay, it's up to you. Yeah, but is there anything you want to say else about it, like, from the clicking on the pictures, taking you to the website? Oh, um... Yeah, sure. Uh, I thought it was interesting. We uh, I submitted this to Game Critique Club, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the uh, one of the things that reoccurring criticisms was um, that okay, so the game has this mechanic where if you use the mouse and click on any of the images, it loads a web page that shows you the source image from the New York Public Library. <laughs> so, um, I thought this was fascinating. Uh, because it's kind of like, I, I'm really obsessed with appropriation and use of uh, other people's work. Um, because I find it really inconsistent, uh, the taboos around it. And um, uh, I get really paranoid about it. But at the same time, I'm kind of fascinated with why why it's okay for one thing to be copied and not another thing mm. to be copied. Uh, and... Um, I, I want to give an example of that, okay. actually. Uh, it drives me nuts that if someone... It drives me... Okay, Be careful. It's, I, okay. It's weird. It's strange. It feels inconsistent to me that someone um, who, like, designs a pattern for a couch uh, and is paid for that, assumably, um, that couch can then be photographed and used in a work without credit but yet like a drawing it like is not okay like he, i've even seen cases where graffiti on someone's building um is copyrighted so they don't they can't that graffiti cannot be used in someone else's work even though the brick mason that was graffitied upon no one cares about whether or not their work is is properly accredited. So, I mean, a lot of people... I, I mean, we're not going to go too far into this. It's a frustrating issue. It's frustrating when people say, you know why it's bad without giving you an example or having an, uh, 
a clear distance on what is safe and what isn't and why instead of just saying we all know it's not good so it stopped don't I, do it I, I think a lot of it is that you know people people take these social norms for granted and yeah. think that they they are there for a reason but uh I tend to question a lot of it um especially when it comes to like what art is what what arts are considered art and what arts are not considered art mm -hmm. because you know I I'm a fan of um uh shoot rivers and streams what's that artist Andy, Andy Goldsworthy. Goldsworthy I'm a fan of Andy Goldsworthy like and so the idea of like Andy Goldsworthy's arrangements is art to me like so that opens up the world so you know flower arrangement is art you know like everything is art uh so it seems strange that some that appropriation is appropriation becomes this thing of just straight up does someone get to earn money from it in my most cynical way okay well the not, point the point the point is yeah, I'm, sorry go. sorry that i'm getting controversial the point is that i'm really fascinated by appropriation because i'm so confused by it and so the idea was that i could um uh create direct sources to the works that are appropriated as as best as i possibly could like if I suppose I could have looked up the artist's name in Wikipedia and linked directly to them. But um, uh, the idea was that I could basically create this. There's no sense of plagiarism at all. There, there's the ability to investigate presented right there uh, at any moment very conveniently. And yet everyone hated it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was it was seen as... It was seen as being... Um, Takes you out of the game, yeah, disruptive. Uh, dis disruptive and distracting, which is... It is. I mean, it is, it's, yeah. It's like, it's oh, God, like I don't want to click on anything. That's it how is. you feel in that game. It is. It's like a time bomb. And, and you know, to be... The, part, of, part of me is kind of like... Uh, does enjoy the possibility of that being spiteful, even though it wasn't intended as such. <laughs> I do enjoy the idea of, like... Well, now you know what it's like to make something, like, and have to worry about everything that you touch or okay, everything okay. you see being needing to be credited to someone else, you know? Because I just want to treat the things I see in the world as part of my experience that I can then turn into art, not for any sort of commercial purpose, but just to be able to express where I'm at and also to understand where I'm at a little better. Anyway... Uh, that, that wasn't the, sense. that wasn't the intent of it, but, but I enjoyed that that was one of the interpretations. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's that. Yeah. So that was the first segment of the show. <laughs> See, I told you we had plenty to talk about with it, that we need more games because the next two games we're going to talk about are going to take a while. Do you need to take a break? No. Okay. So we're going to talk about two games that... Our one is inspired by the other, sort of like how your game was inspired by all of these. It's more than inspired by. It's borrowed from. Like, well, I mean, the it's used as material. So this kind of goes into what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. So the first game is called The Serpent by Increpair, 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 Stephen Lavelle. <laughs> <laughs> If you will. Uh, and 
The second game is The Strange Case of the Serpent by Julian Palacios. I'm really sorry about that. So then we'll talk about The Serpent first. Even though I want to talk about The Strange Case of the Serpent first. I feel like it's sort the of... The Serpent. I mean, on the, on the webpage for The Strange Case of the Serpent, it says play The Serpent first. I know, but these two games are sort of like, you know, when you're learning a new subject... And all of the information is overwhelming because there's no actual start to it. I mean, I kind oh, of feel like they're yeah. so related to each other. It's hard to have a starting place. So go them. ahead and play those two. Pause this and go play <laughs> go them. play them. The serpent first. So I guess we'll talk about the serpent first. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really want to just go through what happens in the serpent. Oh, then I'll do it. Well, I, I don't think it. I don't. I think it's totally necessary okay. to understand the second game. Okay. Uh, because the ser- okay, the serpent is broken up into these pieces where first you're like walking around in a maze and you walk up with this, strangers, with strangers. And it's kind of like, it's a walled in maze and you come up to a stranger. There, there's that, a sense of, there's a sense of purposelessness there too. Yeah. There's an existential Oh yeah. Dread. I was like, Clyde, you gotta tell me what to do or I'm going to quit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you go up to people. I tried to follow people through the wall. I tried a bunch of stuff. Anyway, one looks different. You talk to them and they grab you. And then the next scene... Well, they hypnotize you. Oh. Their little arms are sticking out. They engage you. I thought they grab you. I I mean, you could see it as being in grabbing, but the fact that the eyes have like this like hypnotizing... I thought they were crazy. I, I saw it as being like, this person's special. You have a lot of opinions for someone who didn't want to go play book play. So then what happens next? I don't remember, actually. Is that when you were in the... Things start fucking. Right away? Something happens in between. No? Maybe. I don't know. I get the two games mixed up now. So... That <laughs> will be returned to later. So so then you're on a bed uh, in this, like... What looks like a mannequin is fucking you. It's a it's a strange rigid body, almost like a um 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 Macy's Day Parade uh balloon character. I think of it more as like those mechanical, yeah, I don't marinette. Know. Yeah, and you can move your arms, and it like rolls the head back, kind of looking at them. You can stick your hand into their mouth. Mm-hmm. The the game is progressed by um, touching their mouth, I believe. Yeah, I figure you're just sticking your hand in their mouth. I don't know. And then, and then the mannequin thing uh, basically pins your hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually you open up a computer and you start like going through a kind of a game. During getting fucked. Yeah. And so then you kind of come across two things and you're in like a walled game where you're kind of walking around, I guess like Doom or something. Yeah, Wolfenstein. Yeah. And then you come across two things and you see a giant spider. Yep. And then it's over. Uh, no, the um, when you find the giant spider, uh, there's like a, uh, a a blinking pink. Oh yeah, it's like the thing is fucking the computer screen then. Yeah, it's it, kind the, of at the, the same pulse. The the, mo- the movements of the body on top of you are synchronized with this like um. There's a there's a quality to that. I re- I think that needs to be mentioned that the synchronization of the movement of the body on top of you and the pink blinking light on 
the computer screen, it's this feeling of like, um, not aggravation, but like inflammation almost. Like, uh, there's this sense of like, um, piercing. Okay. I really got that from from that. Like, there's. This... I guess because you can see it through it, and yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it's like it's going it's going through one frame of perspective into another in order to basically nail in this idea of like. I mean, you can't ignore it. You can't ignore what's yeah, happening. It's that's coming, actually yeah. It's pushing that's a great way to put doing. it. So then all all of these like little white puffy things come out, mm -hmm. and the person says like. Don't worry about it. You'll feel better later or something like yeah. that. You'll get over it, something like that. And then you go to another room, and they're, like, in the bed. All right. And then you go to an, a storeroom. Yeah, you control the character that was on top of you. And they go into a storeroom and then um, embrace someone in the storeroom and then come all over them. Yeah. Wipe a few things. Could be pollen. Could be pollen. <laughs> so then, so that was kind of it. And it was interesting to me, that game, because I didn't really have a reaction to it. Like, I didn't even kind of pay attention that much close, I guess, to what was happening. I didn't really realize you were getting sexually assaulted or anything like that. It was just sort of like one thing, one thing, one thing. So it was interesting reading the comments and everybody was... Yeah, I, was, I wanted to mention the comments. Yeah, it had such a strong reaction, either positive or negative. Yeah, like, what the fuck did I just play? Yeah, and people I'm, were mad. I'm never going to... This isn't... You should stop making game like that oh, type yeah, of stuff. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And then other people it, were, like, really into it now. Yeah. Like, y you've done it again yeah. in Crap Hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is the most amazing work I've ever seen, you yeah. know. And then yeah. other people being like, you know. And I was like, what am I missing? Like, what? why, why, yeah. So then, so then uh, I played the next one that you wanted me to play, which was The Strange Case of the Serpent. And apparently... <laughs> Uh, Stephen Lavelle uh, gave out the source code to their games so you can have an influence by them by actually having the game. You can in use the it game. as material. Yeah. As, or at least it's accessible. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because it goes back to what we were, yeah, obviously just talking about. Mm -hmm. So, but in this game, it's a detective game. Where you're trying to solve the case of what happened I in the other game. I want to just go ahead and say, like, there is this moment of playing The Strange Case of the Serpent, of opening that The Strange Case of the Serpent. Is Does the movie start first? I can't remember. I can't remember There's either. a bunch of Hitchcock uh, uh, clips uh, embedded in the game. But basically, there was a moment for me where I am like, whoa, there... I'm seeing assets from the serpent in this, and this is a, how do you put it? Like, I think you start off in the detective office. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, this is a traditional game. You know, like this is, it feels like, you know, oh, okay, this is very familiar. I'm supposed to, you know, there's a little bit of world building, and then I'm going to go solve the case. Yeah. And... Having it and then seeing that the game was directly referencing events in the serpent, including things like um, there's a diagram of the positions in geographic oh, yeah. space where the different events occurred. Yeah. 
that you can examine, it's it was this moment of like I've never I've never seen this done in in games before. This is It was it was it was the reaction was all this game. I mean, I was so overwhelmed with how exciting it was to play a game about another game. It was really wild. It was amazing. I, that, it was just so, it's like, I don't know how to describe. It's like what you've always, it's like you've played a game and you had a reaction and you and you had the ability to make something about your reaction or yes. your interpretation. Yes. Yeah, it, it's and it's a lot different than some sort of homage. Like it, yeah. it doesn't. It's it doesn't, not like you're remaking it. It's, it's not like sh Mario is a playable character in your game, in your yeah. other game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this is like this is like okay, I just played the serpent, and now I'm playing this game, and this game seems to be about trying to make sense of the serpent <laughs> in a way, like. Yeah. And I was just doing that, and the way that this is happening in this game is completely foreign to the way that I was doing it, interpreting the original game. Like, yeah, but see, this is what I like about it. I I like that everybody, you know, and this happened to me a lot. I feel like when I first started playing these games, and I wanted there to be like a right answer, like, what is this game about? These games are about something, and I just have to yellow wallpaper it and figure out, you know. And then, you know, you were like, no, we're, you know. What does the game actually do for you? Yeah, you know? yeah, you just have an interpretation, or how does it make you feel, or what does it make you think about. And so, it's, I love the idea that it there is no right answer, so you can just make something saying, when I played this game... I had these ideas, and I had this interpretation, or I had this association. It's, it, it's not. I. I take. I take. Uh, I have a hard time with the phrase. There is no right answer. Well, I mean, that's how I think of it because I feel like they're about something specific, and if I think that, then it then it paralyzes me mm -hmm. from getting in, an experience out of it because I'm just trying to figure it out. Like every game's a mystery game. What is the answer? Yeah, I get. I get what you're saying. Yeah. That, I I would phrase the, for for me I I need to phrase that as something like um uh, my reaction is valid along with um the intent the intent the being valid yeah that type the anything is valid it's right. it's all observation of this art object right and so and so uh, not we haven't really talked about what happens in this game but I feel like there were some comments to this game that were comparing what they thought, how they interpreted the serpent versus how they felt this game was interpreting the serpent. And I didn't really feel like this game was an interpretation. I felt like they had an association. Like they played it, it made them think of something. A, a personal association yeah. in their own mind. And then they, and then they made it, but it was, it was taken as an interpretation. So, I like the. Idea. I, I don't see what the distinction is between this those two distinction things. is is when you play it whether or not you're like, I don't like this be or I don't agree with this because I don't think that the other game was about this. I feel like them focusing on whether or not that other game was really about what they okay. were saying was about took away from what this game was, which was amazing. So okay, so this brings us into the discussion of appropriation. So. Here's my question for you. Okay. 
does making a game with the materials from a previous game affect the original game? Yes. Okay, and... Because now I'm playing the original game like I'm in a detective, trying to figure it out. Okay, so doesn't... Does that suggest that there's any amount of responsibility in the person who's making the second game? I don't think so, because that means no one can put out any criticism whatsoever. I mean, no one can say, this game makes me feel this way. Because because, because even us talking about these games is going to influence the original work. Right. Like, let's say we say a game, we think a game is about something, or this game is our interpretation of this. Everybody is going to see it that is listening to us in that way at least one time while they're mm -hmm. playing it. So there's no way to get around. I don't, I don't really feel like... Okay. You know what I mean? I do. So in this game, you are a detective and you are solving the case of the dead body of the person who got assaulted in the first game. No... Yeah. No. No? No. No? Where do you get that from? Because you're, you're, they ask you to, at the beginning, you're like, I got a case. Yeah, and it's like two murders or something like yeah. that. Uh, but you go to the crime scene. Yeah. Which is the original maze. There's that's an not, apple tree. That's not the, oh. You pick See, up I an apple. See, I just figured that's where you got nabbed. Because then the other crime scene is in the apartment. Okay. And that's the dead cop. Yeah. But there's no... I don't remember ever seeing the assaulted... The, the, the person who... Who was sexually assaulted in the serpent. Yeah. That's true. So, okay. Well, let's... 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 Let me go at a different angle. Uh, in this game, it's sort of like... Half of it is, is video clips of Hitchcock films. And the other half of it is sort of cartoony, uh, playable... Very low polygon. Yeah, playable scenes. But the edits are really well done of the movies. They're done like a YouTube video that's trying to describe the real meaning behind something. I mean, you can totally follow. And if you can't, you can still tell something is happening and you want to follow it. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of gave me the same sensation as you're, the you're... first time I played that new Tomb Raider game. It was so cinematic going from the movie to the gameplay to the movie to the gameplay in that Tomb Raider game, which wasn't free. Uh -huh. I mean, it could be now. I think they've been giving it away for a while. <laughs> but, but it gave me that sensation like uh, I'm trying to figure out the clues. And then I'm going to use those clues in the game, even though they might not be related. See, I didn't... The the Hitchcock... Hit, what did I just say? I don't know. The Hitchcock uh, film clips. By the time they managed to build up an association with the assets and the events from the serpent, mm -hmm. I I was like... No. I was like, no. The, um, Tell me. I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was there was one moment in 
uh, the 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 associations that are created that it was just in complete conflict to my interpretation of the serpent that I was I had see, a strong reaction back. of just going no that goes that back. association is just too much in conflict with my own experience. Well, that was when you didn't know it was about sexual assault and you thought it was just like no, somebody being... No, But no, see, this no, goes no, back no, to no, what no, I originally no, no, said. No, Wait, no. let me finish. This goes back to what I originally said, where I don't like thinking of this game as an interpretation of the first game, but an association. Because when you watch that and you're like, that's not my interpretation, it stops everything. But if you're not even thinking about it being an interpretation, but just a new game... With those assets? I can't do that. Like, I wish I could remember exactly what it is. There's a there's a moment... There's a moment where it's... I, I can't remember exactly, but I feel like it's almost like equating sex with murder or something like that. And I'm just like... That's too much of a jump for me. Oh, yeah, the, those video clips at the end. I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but there was something that was like, this is... My my point being, I don't. I'm not even capable of just seeing it. Of not. I mean, what would be required would be for me to unplay the first game, which is actually told to be played. Like I was instructed right. to play. You know, I think maybe this happened to me because I had no interpretation of the first game. It was just like a series of events that I saw, and then I went into this other game, and it was like. I am really into detective stories in real life, or Agatha Christie, right? So, and I really don't like detective games because I've, I mean, you just walk around and talk to people and it's super boring most of the time. So for me, for this to be like a, a detective game where you're looking at those video clips that are so heavily symbolic and you're going through this familiar environment that you just saw but didn't really make sense to you the mm -hmm. first time, it was great for me for them to put all the pieces together for me in their own interpretation right. or their own association. Yeah, it, it it's it's got a similar feeling of like um reading a conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, a detective but story. Now, now I'm realizing that there might be a big di difference between the way that we're perceiving uh, the strange case of the serpent. Okay. Uh, who do you feel like? Ha how do you associate the clips at all? Like, it are are the clips like? Memories of the protagonist? Oh, no. I just feel like... I guess I feel like they're separate, but they're for the player to kind of get a backstory kind of... So it's it's like a par it, they're creating a parallel that you can eventually make a connection yeah. between? Yeah, okay. that's how I feel. It, well, like, exactly. I, I think that is what is exactly what is happening because, like, there's that segment where it's, like, showing the, the um, uh, the raining come and the, um... In that, in the rain, in the the guy driving in the Hitchcock film, you know. And oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there, there's like this intent to like really make things parallel. But it's interesting because it has that sensation, kind of like when I'm playing the world, and by LSD Dev. That's wow, good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my game of the year last year. So, uh, so. You're... But not really, because we didn't have one. Yeah. So you're going through all of those environments where the symbology is so heavy, 
but you don't really know what they're communicating with it, but you feel it's still like you're part of it because you just see it. There, you know, there's a sense of significance. Yeah, and that's the. And I didn't really know what the connection were was with the with the videos, but I felt that there was one just because yeah. of the symbology and the editing was so heavy. Yeah. So I didn't really necessarily need to be able to interpret it. I it, it was just part of the environment or the mood was the word I'm looking for. You know, where you create an entire atmosphere. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get that. I get that. And um, I really, when I first started playing The Strange Case of the Serpent, and it kept kept on reoccurring to me as I continued to play it, the the interpretation I came, I, I would find myself coming to constantly was going, thinking back on the comments of the serpent itself uh, and saying... It's like treating interpretation of an uh, uh, subtle, indirect, um, somewhat ambiguous, impressionistic game. Uh, thinking, of, I'm sorry, let me start this sentence over again. Okay. Uh, I felt like the strange case of the serpent was turning this, the, the experience of playing a game which feels very ambiguous into a metaphor of solving a detective case mm -hmm. and i thought that was really interesting as a metaphor i th i really liked that idea yeah and, the, and then and then to watch um because you do feel like you're trying to figure it out the whole time you're playing it, it it's just a it's just a fun kind of it's a fun way to think about analysis yeah in uh that can actually result in some pretty useful uh um observations and to have that in to have that idea in my mind as i'm walking around an actual game world and discovering reuse of materials from the first game was just such a strange sensation of of um i don't know how to describe it was it. It's so just, exciting it was like i know this guy like hey yeah. it was really odd i the and i i've not i've just never seen that in a game before in like i mean it's completely impossible in commercial games uh and it was just so i don't know there, there was just something it, it, i was i was watching the material of a game you know i'm really into hobbyist games i think they're really cool and I like them, and I make them, and I am immersed in them. And to watch that material be seen and and used in such a freeing way was really inspiring. Well, I mean, I'm not inspired to do anything, but it's just kind of like it's like taking the blinders off. It's like holy shit, this could be happening all the time, and it's not. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like it, it just it just blows the world wide open. Yeah, it, it was really exciting. And I hated that uh, that there, there isn't, there's probably not going to be a lot of this because everyone is so critical about their own interpretations when looking at used game pieces in another think, person's game. I think there's more influential reasons that it's not going to happen very often. For instance, like personal pride. Like I I don't I don't like the idea of 
I don't like the idea of taking all the assets out of someone's game because I just don't want them to get. I don't want yeah, to fight about free, whether or not they're like they're... you know in this case. Huh? What if they're open source like in this case? Even even so, there's a sense of like, um, uh, I would have to fight. It would be a a, a battle constantly, of trying to explain to people that I'm doing something um that that my efforts are are not uh I don't know how to describe I don't it. see how it's different than taking photos from the library I think it's because the the sources are so close to um to they're the culture alive <laughs> well yeah like there there's this there's a there's a sense that you're 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 working in a space that the sphere of influence, or not sphere of influence, but the 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 sphere of conversation, the social circle, is small enough that like the actual person whose work you're using might have an opinion on it, and that just that's too powerful. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so. But if they put it, over it's so much weight. <laughs> I, I hope there's more of these because there's something about seeing another game, like pieces used in a different way in another game that is so exciting in a, in, in a new way of playing a game. Like, it is really... It is really striking. Yeah. Like, this game <laughs> blew me away because of that yeah. aspect of it that I hope that more people are fearless and yeah. It. yeah, I I got the fear. I have the yeah. fear. I do. Versus you just went through the speech about how you want to use your environment as your own. I do, but I'm afraid to. <laughs> do you have anything else you want to say about this? Because I think we've been going on for a while. Yeah, um, that was a uh, that was that was a good episode. Yeah, great. Okay, episode thirteen. Is out. this is this our last episode? What do you mean? Is this the last uh, short? Games talk, short free games Why talk. Why would it be? Uh, because I love asking you that every fucking time. It's hilarious. Do you time. ask me? Yes. I never noticed before. I love it. Oh, yes. How about that? No, it's not going to be the last one. I'm going to answer yes every single time. Gosh, you're such a troll. I'm glad this is documented by you, who's going to be the only person who makes it this far. Okay, hit the button. Okay. Says the host. loading.